0: Where. Joining me today, I've got the editor boys. Uh, they called me up. They said, watch this show. And I watched the show. And then I thought, hey, let's pod about this. So, Andrew, you've never been on the show. Care to introduce yourself? Yeah, this is my first time.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm uh, finally pulling back the curtain here a little bit. Um, my name is Andrew. I've, I've been working on the uh, pod since day one just doing some editing um and now i'm happy to be a part of
2: this heck yeah i'm very psyched
0: yes yes and angelo's back angelo how are you i
2: am i'm back i'm doing well this was uh this was a a a show that i've been been waiting for for some time after andrew had mentioned it and and i looked into it a little bit more and and then i watched an interview and saw that it was it was quickly approaching (laughs) in the beginning of march and uh I reached out and was like,
0: "This this, this could be fun." Hmm. So Andrew was the first person to tell you about the show.
2: I had I had briefly heard that Jason Siegel, who's the main character and the director and producer, he's the all around uh, brains of the show. He I remember seeing somewhere that he was making something in the works, and and I remember you had also Andrew had also mentioned hmm. that it was based in Philly, so I was more interested um, just because of of our. Hometowns and uh, the closeness of the city to us, so we, I, I took an interest and decided, all right let' let's see when it's when it's going to be approaching and mm-hmm. it's approaching now. Yeah it
1: was one of those things that if you're working in production in the city, you always know when like the next big thing is happening. So mm-hmm. everybody was talking about how Jason Segall and Andre 3,000 were mm-hmm. in the city filming mm-hmm. this crazy show yeah. and it's, it finally it finally dropped.
0: But not Sally Fields. They're just talking about... Of know? course. Yeah, no. Class of 3000. And, uh, poor and Sally Fields. Po- poor Sally Fields. No, she doesn't get the credit she deserves because maybe she doesn't look like Sally Fields. I think she looks different. That's, <laughs> that's she the, looks the I think, same. Maybe. Whatever. 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 <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, I found out about the show. Uh, so it premiered Sunday, March 2nd? Second? Second? F- second? March 1st. Yeah. March 1st, yeah, and March, then it March had a double and, episode. Yes. So, uh, f- again, for the for the sake of this pod and the future pods, we're going to be doing two-episode chunks. So this is about the first two episodes of the show. It premiered Sunday, and then they did a second episode Monday, which is the normal time slot.
2: It was a two-night, um, two-night series premiere. Right. However, the following episodes now will be spaced out a week apart. So, because... This was a two-night series premiere, or, yeah, two-night series premiere. We're doing two, two episodes the first week, and then we'll wait another two weeks until we can record right. for another two weeks.
0: And unlike Angelo and Andrew, I, Angelo contacted me about, hey, you should watch this show, and we should see what it's all about, like, Saturday. And I was like, what, like, what's the deal? But funny enough, I do recall that, um, Kristen, my fiance's aunt, sent us a Snapchat and was like, did you see the show? It was filmed in Philly, and now that we live in Philly, it's like, oh, okay. And I, I was like, what's this? Didn't look into any. It didn't look into it any further, but uh, I watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised. And now we're here at the table with the mic. So anyway, we should probably talk about the show. Let's try to put it in a box, <laughs> I which is not gonna let's be do, any. Let's plan. do this
1: thing that's really, really hard to do, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. explain this show. Yeah, so it's weird. It's very weird. It's very. We- it's not what I was expecting, honestly. No, no, because like watching the trailer, I kind of assumed that it was gonna be something like a little irregular. I mean, it looked something like something that was very fanciful and like magical and fun, right? Which is definitely what we get. But at the same time, it's it feels like they're trying to do a lot with it, mm-hmm. um, and really push this tone, which doesn't always
0: feel totally fleshed out. That I agree with. That I agree with. Um, Angelo, c- could you could you sort of summarize at least the the base concept of what what's going on here before we talk about any specific characters? Like, what are these people doing in Philly? And, like, how is this all all going down?
2: I feel like we should probably preface the background of, like, how the show kind of came to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so, the real-life implications. So, out of out of the three of us, um, I'm the only one who has watched the um, documentary, which is called The Institute, which is based on true events that happened in San Francisco in the early 2000s. Um, but you don't remember watching the... <laughs> the, the, it was so, a while ago. The thing is that this this documentary, the institute is is a fever dream just as much as the show is. Mm-hmm. There, it is it is a wild ride, and you kind of don't really know what to grasp, and that's kind of how the show feels as well. Um, but the 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 show is based off of um, events that happen in San Francisco where uh, a man kind of. I don't even know how to describe it, but he got together thousands of people to kind of induct them into this magical puzzle adventure, scavenger hunt-esque type of deal. Mm -hmm. And it happened, and I don't even know... That's the thing, is I don't even know how it progressed. I don't remember how it ended, but the, the idea of it was just kind of bizarre and wild so jason siegel he he tried to um replicate it and and make a show based around these odd events Mm -hmm. in san francisco and so he he wanted to find somewhere in the country that uh was just as magical and beautiful and he ended up in philadelphia and the 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 industry with the or the not the industry, the uh, Institute, the Je- jejun Institute, as uh-huh. they call it, mm-hmm. um, which was the name of the actual institute in San Francisco. They named it the jejun Institute branch of Philadelphia. So oh, Jason yeah. Siegel has has created this institute in Philadelphia to kind of gather people that are looking for some sort of happiness or mm-hmm. or just enlightenment and kind of have fun with it in the city and and kind of experience it themselves and and mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the Does background of where this it takes comes place from.
0: in the current day correct Yeah, like, i don't have any reason to believe otherwise
2: well was
1: wearing airpods
2: yeah that's a
1: there yeah. you, go, <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you it's, go it's
0: current day okay okay so right we've got this we've got this weird scavenger hunty game all sorts of people via word of mouth or like flyers stuff
2: super bizarre flyers
0: yeah like very very weird weird flyers um basically following phone calls that they get in the middle of the night saying to go to this place at this time and weird things happen at the place and then they get another clue and like alarms go off and you they're running around all sorts of of nuts of stuff's happening it kind of reminds me of have any you have either of you ever done uh, geocaching. Yes. Oh yeah. It, okay, so it's like a like, citywide geocaching. Basically, yeah. yeah, like a big geocache. Mm-hmm. But the thing that they're looking for is, is a woman. There's
2: also another. I don't know if it is geocaching, but I've uh-huh. I've looked. There's there was something on the internet that I found. And it was probably on Reddit or something that I I remember seeing. Apparently, in different cities, there's just USB slots. No. Like. Scattered around the city in like bricks. No, like not a random, like a brick. I swear. <laughs>
0: I was thinking, I was about to no, no, no. say, like a USB and a brick? You can no, just plug
2: it in. No, but it's like the slot where you would stick a USB in mm-hmm. and then you would like, tra- it would transfer data onto like a USB stick and then you would like take that stick home and then it what? would be like this whole like kind of fun thing Shit, I could have I don't cool. I don't know if it was in in Philly or if it was somewhere else but I, it, I it might have been multiple cities I have to look it up it was super cool
0: carrying USB well, is, that the, is that the
1: same thing? geocaching?
2: no 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 oh that's geocaching no, oh.
1: geocaching's like you get it's coordinates. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you don't get know. coordinates to like a little box. Yeah, and like a tiny this, box. This might anything, be. Anything, but oftentimes it's just filled with a nothing. A
2: cone <laughs> on like a piece of paper. <laughs> this might be similar to that. There might be like coordinates that you could go and then it'll be like, there's a USB stick here, or, find it. or and the, I don't know. Man, it, that stuff is so cool.
0: It's really cool. It's so it is, cool.
1: And yeah. that to me is like one of the stronger parts of this show is mm-hmm. that sense of like mystery and. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, what's the word? I
2: don't know, just mystery. Like, it makes you feel like a kid again. Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not... Fe- unfortunately, I'm not feeling like a kid again. I'm not the one finding this stuff, but I guess I'm being, like, wrapped up in this Willy Wonka-esque... Yeah. Magical... I
2: mean, I guess I feel like a kid again just because ahead. I don't really know what, like, wild stuff is gonna
0: happen. Like, I mean... I hardly even know what they're saying in the show. It, just some of the stuff they say, point blank and just, like, deadpan... Like, oh, you know, that, that was Bigfoot, like it, IRL. Yeah. Like,
2: you know. Just random stuff that happens. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think we should probably jump into the summary of... Let's
0: dig it in. ...of our first episode entitled uh, Peter. Peter, our seeming protagonist in the, you know, the show, the way the show starts off. It, can we talk about that first? First and foremost... Ten We get this... seconds. Twenty-five seconds. Wait. It was that long. Uh, I I I read it. that it was as long as 25 seconds. So we get a close up of Mr. jejun Institute himself, Richard E. Grant. Richard played by Richard E. Grant. This is uh, 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 Octavio Coleman Esquire. Uh-huh. Octavio Coleman Esquire, the leader. president leader leader figurehead of the Jejun Institute on screen, orange background, just this this old man face looking at you. Doesn't say a word. Thinking your TV's broken. Yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, my, my screen's frozen. And then after what I read in a recap, 25 seconds or so, I didn't actually count myself. I, I can believe that, honestly. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it felt long. He says, now that I have your attention, and then he basically starts to explain, like, this is... A show and I'm not going to get into the intricacies of a character background because I don't wanna weigh the story down. So we're gonna do like a two minute background of who this Peter character is and I'm not gonna like, explain
1: characters, so
0: here's me explaining a character. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he snaps his fingers and we will meet him again later, but we go to Peter, played by Jason Siegel. Anyway, what's what's Peter what's Peter's life like? Before that, yeah. he
1: does explain that he will be the narrator. Right, right, right. So this Octavio Coleman Esquire is the narrator of the story, which is, I believe, important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's like this fourth there's fourth wall dynamic of he is addressing us, mm-hmm. uh, but also he is a character yes. in the show. So y- you are right, that is, that is a very important factor into that. And, you know, we hear his name a lot because he's associated with this institute. Um... And while we don't see him aside from on the other side of a TV screen, again, in these first two episodes, we have seen that we'll see him in the third episode. So we know that he's physical, tangible, real Richard E. Grant. Yes. You can reach out and touch him.
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. Academy Award winning, Richard.
1: Oh, yeah. He's great. He's really great in this show. Mm -hmm.
0: Probably...
2: Mm -hmm. Probably the strongest aspect so far, probably in my, in my opinion. And, and, and we only see him briefly in briefly mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. first episode, and even in the second one, we don't really see him too often, other than you hearing his voice yeah, throughout that's more often. Um, but the 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 narrating does have a pretty strong effect, mainly because there's there's a lot of parts of the episodes where it 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 stops, and mm-hmm. and there's a scene that's happening, and he, it just pauses the camera movement, and then he'll kind of narrate over and describe events that are either going to happen, happened, or... um, Yeah, it it has a pretty heavy effect to it. So his narrating is is pretty top-notch.
0: Yes, yes, and pretty paramount to to what's going on. So, Peter. Peter is an anxiety-ridden, sort of bland... Sad sack of a of a guy. Yeah, he basically leads the same life every single day. You know, sort of lives alone. He lives by himself. He repeatedly walks the same way to and from work. He gets the same food every day. Aside, you know, sometimes he switches it up. Gets a burrito instead of the sushi. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he's existing. That's that's how they they put it. He's not living. He is existing, and... He doesn't have any excitement in his life. Mm-mm. Right. He He's either lost something, or he never had it to begin with. He, there's this sense, at least from what I see in Peter, that, like... I don't even know if it's that he's deeply scarred or that there was just never anything there I feel like it's just
1: there was nothing there to begin with he's Mm -hmm. just so apathetic about everything
2: everything
0: absolutely everything he has
2: no agency Right? yeah and it's I mean I agree but it's just interesting that the first episode we we learn who Peter is at first but we have no history of who he was so Mm -hmm. like we just kind of get thrown into who he is now and then like we get to see his progression. Right. So, like, I'm just curious. I mean, like, I'm always curious as to what the, like, a character's past includes. Like, because we don't see any family members. We don't see any significant others. Um, nope. We don't see any, like, he doesn't even have a pet. Like, he's just yep. alone. So, like, I'm just curious as to what. Because if, if we would find out, mm-hmm. if we will eventually find out what his past was like, could make him a more... Yeah, more like a stronger character in general. But
0: that's the thing; they're not gonna, they're probably not yeah. gonna give us those details yeah. because Octavio said, "I'm not gonna spend time." Yeah. we're not gonna spend time fleshing out character backstories. Let's just start a in media res us. And then, yeah. and then the
2: mo- most of the the show will just be in in um, encapsulating each character in the adventures that they go on to make their character grow and right enhance and may hopefully. Make them more bearable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Peter,
1: walking home from work one day, Mm -hmm. um, stumbles across a few different flyers. Right. Like these strange flyers uh, advertising for like... What
0: was it? They're like, uh, speaking
1: speaking with dolphins. Speaking with dolphins was one. Um, Mm -hmm. There was another one, like transposing your memories
2: Mm -hmm. onto film. Right,
0: right. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it's just like and and the show what the show does pretty nicely is cuts to these tiny little vignettes of about exactly how he's understanding what that sort of experiment would be like. Like we get to see him in front of the tank with a dolphin and a big thing strapped to his head. And he says like something and then the dolphin hits him with the blowhole. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of goofy, but the the really important flyer is the the last one he sees. God bless you. <laughs> and it, it was it was put up. It was put up by a man in a hood and a mask. <laughs> and Peter, as he's seeing this man put up the flyer, the man sort of looks at him for a second and then just takes it. Just bolts. It's absolutely he's bolts. gone. It's <laughs> absolutely gone. And and Peter goes up to the flyer, and the flyer says, "Have you seen this man?" Who just he, who just bolted? Literally put the the flyer up on the up on the wall. You're like, oh, huh? This is a... Okay, I see what we're, we're we're doing here. This sort of weird, bizarre stuff. We don't know anything more about the masked man. Mm-mm. He has yet to show back up in the show. He probably won't.
2: Probably not. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: But the flyer mm-hmm. saying "Have you seen this man?" has a phone number on it, uh, which he takes and that night calls. Right. With the information about the man.
0: <laughs> you know, I I a fun fact a fun fact about that. Um, well, it, it does say that it's for the Jejun Institute. Yes. So that's where, where we get Peter's first connection with it. So, so Peter calls this number on his landline. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice this until I re- read it in a recap. He calls it on his landline, he doesn't get anybody, and then they call him on his cell phone. I
1: didn't notice that. That's great. That is good. That's pretty good. Yeah,
0: it, like that. That would that was like a small I detail.
1: Think, I think it's very interesting for his character too that he didn't notice that either, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he, like I said, is very apathetic. He tends to just not notice the, right. like, these weird things that are happening, Ooh. or just tends to not react to them like a normal person
2: would. And right. that, that that will tie into something I have later when we meet the other characters mm-hmm. at the yeah. diner, which is. It is interesting, but um, a question for both of you: yeah. Have either of you ever taken one of those little tags from a piece of paper? Oh, never, never, I, never, never. What you've done? done experiments? No, 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 not like. Actually, I have at school. There, like oh, okay. our one of our um, like our health departments was having like some. I actually had to get mm. like uh, uh, where you put all the nodes on like your body and like Ooh. they map your mocap. I sort of Isn't that
0: mocap. It, it was some. No, those are balls It was not some really famous mocap guy. Andy Srakis
2: It was <laughs> it was some science experiment that they they paid me for and I, I like did it. But I I remember taking one of those tags. But it was just like an email. It wasn't like a fo- like it wasn't wow. like a mysterious like I knew who I was contacting. But I've always wondered like putting those up on like city like polls Yeah. And, like, never had the interest to just take
0: one. I mean, sometimes you know, some anybody's looking for a quick buck. Yeah. I mean if you're gonna shell it out. But if if, if you saw any of those no. you
2: wouldn't have taken maybe the dolphin even, one. Wait, but if you <laughs> saw dolphin that guy, cool. if, oh, cool. even if you saw that guy though who put that sign there, like no, you wouldn't even no. be like wait, I don't what? know who that man is.
1: He's got a mask on. It's know. scary. Yeah, there was no hint of a reward either for calling that number. Yeah, exactly. It's he just, just like did,
2: he just did it. Right, he just have you seen me? I would have done it for the little just to, just to see like what would be on the other line, like what right what would happen, and right. then oh yeah, even no, if no. even if they if they called me my cell, I'd be like hell no, and I uh-huh, just I uh-huh. I I don't know I I'd, I'd maybe see where it went, but I I wouldn't follow it too hard. But Peter don't care, Peter don't especially care, especially because on the flyer it says I I don't know if you noticed, but mm. it said the Jejeune Institute. Oh like, yeah, all, yeah, all no, no, yeah, 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 of So like yep, they yep, yep. like and Peter didn't even notice, he didn't even bother to look it up or go into
0: detail like what he was getting himself into he just like took it and was like okay let's do this but now he knows and effectively that the phone call all all he gets is a location right he gets a location at, at a time yes seventh yeah. street it was a weird weird number yeah, on 7th 12 street. Twelve twelve six one six south seventh Street like this, that that was that was that's that, the address yeah. that was the address yeah it was, yeah,
1: so I don't it was know like a
0: number that does not exist yeah, right not right yeah but it does exist in the show, and that's where Peter goes in the next scene. Um, a interestingly enough, something we see in the scene with the little vignette of of you flashback and and transposing his memories onto film, we do actually see this scene of him walking up to this building with a pretty distinct like angel statue or something along the lines, a hooded figure, and um, that is the same building that he walks up to that is this Jejun Institute or some affiliate building of the Jejun uh, Institute. I guess that makes sense. I was like a little 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 thing that I, I keyed into for whatever reason. Um but he goes in, you know, nice building. Looks pretty pretty cool. Goes up to the uh the, the desk man. Oh yeah and this is where it gets creepy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh well he asked the, doesn't he ask the, the desk guy like uh what does he say? He 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 says I'm here to I'm here to see. Go, I'm, I'm here to go to this floor, I think. Right. I've got business on like the fifteenth floor or whatever. I feel like it was like a hundred number. Like it was a really
2: high number floor. For some um, reason I don't I remember. I don't right. remember. But anyway, he, yes. He gives he he him the
0: key. He gives no, him the key. No, no, did, no. no, not
2: the there Not the no man kid. on the phone. Oh, you're right, you're There's right. There's right. the, the little the, the little woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. at first he's like, Yeah, you're the one who we've been talking about. And then the security guard. Yeah, and then this woman comes
0: by and um, says, we've been expecting you, or whatever she does. And then she raises the key uh-huh. very high into the air and she's drops got, it. Granted, she's got this creepy smile
2: on mm-hmm. her face the whole time. Granted, Jason Siegel's like 6'2". Like, he's tall.
0: Yeah. And yeah. she's
2: like, she was pretty short. Too. Yeah, maybe 5'2". It, it, really yeah. it,
0: it was silly. It was like, why? Kristen was like, why, why'd she raise it why up so high? Why'd she raise it up so high? Why she raise it up so high why did not she just hand it off? And it's just like to build this this mysterious... Uh, atmosphere but anyway on the key it's got a description of what to do take some he goes up to the, the 15th floor it says the goofy stuff like you know when you get out of the, <laughs> the elevator take two steps forward look left look left again look left again now walk down the hall and he's like what, what, the, what the heck and he sees in this hallway like a bunch of old tech weird random stuff Experiment. like modern museum
2: yeah, yeah. oddities
0: like, um, like, just weird
2: I, I, experiments that went wrong, and or... Not even ne- went wrong! Not, not just went like, wrong, or just, just never became a thing. Like right, it just right. They like, were encased in
1: I don't know, I feel like we history. might see that stuff later. Probably. Maybe we've already seen some of that stuff. That's a good point.
0: That's a good point. Mm-hmm.
1: Because as the show goes on, there's a lot of, like, this weird technology mm-hmm. that looks very, mm-hmm. like, haphazardly, like, thrown together with, like rusty parts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like wires and it's very steampunk.
0: Very yeah, very uh,
1: steampunk. Very very steampunk for sure. Um but yeah, so he opens the door at the end of the hallway, sits mm-hmm. down in a chair. And he watches this little uh,
2: introduction video. That's all it is. It's just a chair, a TV, mm-hmm. and a desk in a room. Yep, That's it. It's just a square room. Well, there's
0: also more glass. Yeah, there, there's the more sky.
2: more invention stuff around yeah. the, the room. But it's just one empty room with mm-hmm. a TV and a, t- a table and a desk. Or right. a table and a chair. Ta-
0: right. Yeah. Sits so down for this. And who do we see again? But... Mr. Uh, Octavio. Mr. Octavio. And and what's, what's the deal? This is pr- probably probably the most powerful scene in the first episode, I would say, because Jason Siegel cries. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. If you want to
2: explain what... I don't remember I, quite the whole it, it was a Yeah, it was a speech about the way that you view your existence and the way that you need some type of enlightenment, yeah. and like it was essentially just trying to get him... To believe that he's been stagnant in his day-to-day mm-hmm. routine and that he needs some di- some difference that's, and that he yeah. that's why because because you start to see like it goes it pans back and forth between the TV and Jason or Peter and mm. you see Peter start to realize like what he's saying is right and that he needs some new routine right and then essentially it 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 actually gets to one point where you see <coughs> L. Octavio. He's not even in the TV anymore. Like that was what was kind of cool. Like, oh, he, he's like so close. He, to the he, it was almost like he was mm-hmm. sitting in front of J- uh, Peter. I want to say Jason every time, but he, yeah. in front of Peter, and it's like he's grabbing his arm, and saying like, "You need, right? You need mm-hmm. to change." And... Well, the
0: thing, the thing, I think the the fundamental thing that that hits a chord with Peter is this idea that Octavio says everybody deserves this special feeling you you all deserve to to feel more than you do
1: and and you have the potential the potential you exactly. are special just exactly. because you followed the directions not everybody would do that right but you did you're in this chair right now
0: and that's what moves this grown man to tears and then cut to commercial
1: <laughs> and then cut, and then then cut, cut yeah. to commercial. Yeah, and one thing that we—I don't think we mentioned—I'm not sure if it's happened yet—but he does go to therapy.
0: Yes, he 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 does. He and he says the reason he goes <laughs> to therapy is because it's in his work benefits. Mm-hmm. But then he also reveals to the therapist and to the audience that like, yeah, I've got, I've he, got problems. He yeah. realizes he needs to he's go. He's very
1: depressed. He's yeah. feeling really empty. Right. He right. has. Well, I think what he says like, I have no feeling,
2: which mm-hmm. was really interesting because the therapist looked almost as empty as he did. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but like, there ah, was a point yeah. where it was just like, he said something and then she just stared at him blankly and mm-hmm. didn't say anything for like ten seconds, and it was really awkward. Like, I, I don't know if that was just her trying to listen to him. Yeah. I mean, like, that would make sense, obviously, but it, there was just something about the the therapist, which... Yeah. Uh,
1: it, Terrifying. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it seemed odd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of it is very creepy mm-hmm. up to this point. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is...
1: Weird, because like the
0: tone shifts
2: pretty quickly. I like.
0: Right, I think cool. right here, yeah, right is is where you're like, okay, we're in. So we like, get back yeah, from commercial right break, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and it uh, was it a phone call or was it the TV? What? Oh, you know, Octavio says, "Look in the drawer next to you." Right. And then, so this is after the commercial. We come back, and he opens the drawer, and mm-hmm. there's this. Would it, it almost look like a? Um, uh Scantron? Yeah, yes. Yeah. It looked like a it looked mm-hmm. like a Scantron. Yeah. It was just like a little um, identity card. He was just
1: supposed to put down his information.
0: Right, you know, share it with the the institute. You've been initiated or whatever. Okay. That was what they, they called the process. But as he lifts up the one and he looks down to see the one below it, it says like don't trust this. They're, they want your money. They want they yeah. want your they want everything. They want yeah. to know everything about
2: you. It was like a cry for like to get out of there. Like this isn't this isn't what you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Like you're you could get trapped or you
0: it could go wrong. Like he it, you have no idea what to expect. So right. It all comes to a head when he flips the, the side of the one and it says, Peter, run. Yeah. And he's like, oh my god, I gotta <laughs> get out of here. And he, he he takes it, he gets oh. up and he gets out. Like a bat out of hell, he's like out of there. a bat out of hell. And uh, the woman, she's back at the end oh of the hallway. Oh my god, yeah. That was horrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. So he he walks hard. out. Of the,
2: he re- runs out of the doors that he came in, and she's just standing there, like smiling. I'm gonna get you, yeah. and then he he bolts down like an emergency exit well, and out to the street. Gets a call. Right, right. yeah. yeah that's right right. He gets a call uh,
1: from uh, we don't know who
2: mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, well, we wait. Is, is it um, what do they what do they call it? Commander um, 14, baby. Yeah, Commander 14. Oh. That was yeah. That was what mm-hmm. what when he answers the phone. Um, Commander 14 requests something or other, like, asks him to do this yes. thing. When did they say the
0: end is nigh? Was that later? Uh, that was that was the dancing scene. Okay, that's that's later. Scene. Okay. Um, yes, so Commander 14 gives him a phone call. Commander 14 uh, describes himself as the head of the Elsewhere Society, which uh, is a foil to the Jejun Institute, but it is also the same thing. Or like, well, at least we it's think. It's just another so far. underground society. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's supposed to like down with this institute. Mm-hmm. Like they're the directly the I don't know the disruptors of this other thing that Peter was involved in. Yeah, it's almost and, like a cops and robbers type of game. Yeah, in a way, like
2: the. I mean, it, it like so far from what we've seen, like it. It almost seems like the the cops or, like, the Jejune Institute, and then, like... I mean, that's, this is a weird analogy. Uh-huh. Maybe it's, like, um... I'm just trying to think of, like, a Axis-Allies type of deal. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We, we still don't know too much. No, no. We, we hardly know the difference between the two. But anyway, Commander-14 basically leads Peter out of there, uh, gets him to a little curio shop, oddities shop, where we meet our second most important character, or our second main character, Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, care to go into that scene a little bit? Yeah, so, like, it's a... Uh, he's on, I believe, like,
1: South Street or something like that, mm-hmm. and he finds this... Uh, the address that was given to him. It's like 77 seven, It was, like, a bunch of sevens. For oh, sure. 27777 seven, 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 yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, like, this weird little clubhouse full of, mm-hmm. like seemingly like just it looks like a hoarder's house yeah Yeah. an antique shop
2: that's just overrun with too much stuff
1: yeah very bright very colorful colorful but this is where he meets his presumably love interest simone who is played by a trans woman Mm -hmm. uh, eve lindley eve lindley yes Mm -hmm. um yeah and
2: She's awesome. She is so she awesome. She is so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially so from cool. the start. Like, as soon as you meet her, like yeah. she's just a very fun, like,
0: seemingly nice character. Immediately slams Peter up <laughs> against the wall and says, are you one of the bad guys? Yeah. <laughs> I, you like, know. She's, she's fully immersed in, like, this
2: entire, mm-hmm. like, I guess game, as you could call it. Mm-hmm. She believes it to be a game. She
1: does believe it's a game.
0: That is her... That is her... Thought process mm-hmm. Whereas Peter Believes it to be real Which we'll talk a little bit more about In a, in a little bit um, She says This is all a game And she's curious about What the prize of, of it all is yeah. She's just trying to understand yeah. But uh, yeah we meet We meet her And she's cool And Peter is awkward And she's like Aren't you like Aren't you fun dude? Like are you are you fun guy? And he's like I was scared. Always, <laughs> I'm always scared. He's <laughs> like, well, let's go have fun. Yeah,
2: we. I don't think we mentioned it, but P- Peter is a very literal person and takes everything for a face value. So yep. when when he's being intimidated, like immediately, he's just like he takes it. He's like, I, I didn't mean anything. Like I'm just uh, I'm uh-huh. here. Or, like I was called and I was I told to, was told to come here. So like he doesn't really have much mm-hmm. of like a, a um like a it's more of or, fight or flight like it's mm-hmm. like he just wants to embrace Do what is thing. happening and just let it end
0: right right um and then like so they sort of hang out for the rest of the day and it's like the most feeling Peter has felt in a long time just yeah. having fun it, it's a nice little um little montage they're at the magic gardens and they're <laughs> All over old city and Rittenhouse, and they're just, you know, having a good time, finding, doing the scavenger hunt, but ultimately not coming across everything, anything specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of it. And then we go back to Peter's regular life, and he's like, "I want to feel it again." Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Um,
1: and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I was feeling good for a while, but now I'm just back to the way I was. Like, And he says this all to the therapist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like, I just, I want to feel this again. I, I wish that the game would come back.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, and then he and doesn't have to
0: wait too long. Too, well, too much longer after that. Because
2: he gets a call, right? He gets a phone call. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like storming, storming out. Mm-hmm. He gets a phone call and it's Commander 14 again. And he's like, Hell yeah, man! I'm in, and then ba- like basically. Well, he gets, was like, "This is urgent. Like you need to." He, he, like
2: he forced him out of the apartment, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, okay. like he. Well, yes, he asked if he was in or not, and then Peter's like, "Yes, obviously." Right. Whatever you say, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here to serve. And then, and then he was like, "Okay, we need we need you to go to this location." And then. Faithful
0: servant Peter. Yeah. And at the location, one of the. I think I think it was the prettiest scene in the in the shows. Nice, a nice little slow mo um, dance in the rain with Bigfoot. With Bigfoot, <laughs> I will, I, should we leave it on? The, should we leave it at that? Should I, we leave it at that? Honestly, there's really that's not what, much else to what explain. happened. That is yes. literally what happened.
2: It, it starts with him getting to. A in, corner of some street. It, it's actually... Yeah, it's it's Melrose Diner, a famous diner in, in the city. Cool. And he gets there, and on the opposite side of the building, there's just a phone. Yeah, like in a, the wall. Like an old, like a really old phone. In the wall, almost, picks in it in up. In the wall, picks it up, and then, and then the person's just like, dance.
0: Yeah, dance, dance in the rain.
2: And then, like, and then he starts to hear music like from around the corner, and then all of a sudden, three or four... Um, Maybe five. yeah, I don't remember how many, but a couple people with a huge boom box just like appear yeah. and they, 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 they have the music. Peter's like, yep. should I start dancing? And then he does. Like he, he's like, he, he, doesn't, got, dance. He's got, like, he little, doesn't dance. He doesn't dance until bop. he needs to. <laughs> yeah. He's got a little bop. And then all of a sudden Bigfoot just appears and starts dancing with them.
0: Yeah. Like a big old hairy man. That's yeah. it. And he gives them a package and in the package, this is a, it was the radio. He's got yes. a radio. Yeah. He just takes it. it. He doesn't open it there. He takes it home. Or No, he takes it. No, he walks to the park. Yeah, he, he walks to the park. And he sees Simone again. Slow-mo walk of Simone. And it's like, this is where, like Andrew said, you're like, okay, this is the this is the love interest here. Uh, Simone's like, oh, Peter. So we did it. <laughs> we're doing it again. <laughs> like, we're having fun. Let's go do a thing. And she's like, did you enjoy it? And he's like, did you enjoy dancing with Bigfoot? And he was like, yeah, I danced with Bigfoot. And, you know, don't, <laughs> Very they don't role. belabor the point yeah. at all. No, nope. you know? It's just, this is what happened. Yep. This is a fact. This is a fact. <laughs> they take their radios, they go to the park, and then they have a subsequent introduction to the Elsewhere Society. They have a, a community, like, there's a couple hundred people... Yeah. They, hanging out. They open the envelope and
2: out no. comes ping pong paddles, all yes. colored in different shades of blue. Yeah. And a tape recorder where it's Octavio, Ooh, right? No, it's Commander no. Fourteen. Oh, it's Commander Fourteen. 14. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: Commander Fourteen. Um, who is voiced by Richard? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's what yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that, the very same man. Yeah, okay. With an Which
1: accent. I think. It's not an accident. Ah <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. No but we can save that for theories. Um, but yeah,
2: so it, they they pull out the paddles and the and the walkman and Yep. Commander 14 is talking to them telling them about the Elder Society and yeah. that they have to find Clara. Find Clara, this woman or this girl who went missing. Mm-hmm. Who actually what I do remember from the institute the documentary that is based on the show or that the show is based on um this act, this actually happened that this woman this girl, Clara, did actually go missing in San Francisco and is kind of actually based upon the the Institute. But, yeah, so Commander 14 talks about Clara um, and that the ping pong paddles correspond to group members that they will yeah. ultimately be part of for the remainder of the show.
0: It's like Fortnite, bro. They squat up. Force. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. dropping in. Yeah. So we got Simone and Peter, which lucky that they were in the same group. Well, I mean, I I think
1: it makes sense. They kind of ended up in the same, like, they were pushed together from the very start. Right, right, right. Oh,
0: yeah, because everybody's kind of got, it started as, like, twos. Yeah. Because when we meet the other two people in our four, uh, Janice, who's played by Sally Fields, and Fredwin, who's played by Andre 3000, they both refer to each other as, like, oh, he or she was my partner. Yeah. So I I guess guess the society pushes you into twos Mm -hmm. and then pushes you into fours. Yeah. And then you're just supposed to put your brains together and... Figure out the game. Find the girl. Yeah. Right. They end up
1: going to uh, to a diner.
0: Uh, was it a diner?
1: Uh, yeah. It was not a fucking <laughs> diner. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a diner. It's it looks like a diner. It looks like a diner. It's a it's the Continental in Philly, which is a super high-end
2: restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: With was it a it bouncer. Was it
2: a diner back in the day? That, like, it might have been a diner at one point. Maybe, I mean maybe because it's it's an old it's an old building yeah, it's, like, it's old been building.
1: there Could for have a while been a diner, yeah. but
2: it's not anymore
0: <clears throat> anyway anyway they they squat up they get some they get some pie or some cake or something yeah they just yeah they're pretty much just detoxing after a long yeah. day yeah and that's when we we meet we really meet our you know other two mains uh fredwyn and and Janice, Janice, the the nice old lady who's like, this was a bunch of fun, but it's just a hoax, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And Fredwin, who's the obsessed, Cons- detail-oriented conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. theorist. Uh, so there, you've got your four, your four means of why they're or what they're getting out of it. You know, Simone thinks it's a game. Peter says, what if it's real? Janice thinks it's a hoax, and Fredwin thinks it's a conspiracy. But now these four concepts are ultimately going to have to align to get whatever out of it that they are gonna gonna get out of it Mm -hmm. the i think the
1: through line is that they are all unhappy with their lot in life correct and they all desperately want something else like they cannot believe that life is what it is and so they let this magical thing happen to them Mm -hmm. because it's just a break from the monotony yeah, um, but yeah. So they get together, and I think Fredwin laughs at Peter for thinking that it's real. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else thinks that this is actually happening; that this is a real thing, except for Peter.
0: But isn't a conspiracy theory? Doesn't that kind of in, sen- in a sense make it real? Yeah, but he he believes that it's government. It was the, it's the government right, that's right, right. like oh right 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 yeah. So a
1: different kind of real, trying to like steal information. Right. Which is makes no fucking sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Fredwin. Fredwin writes down literally everything. He, he's he's compulsive in taking notes, and he's like, "Be quiet! I gotta I gotta hear every single word that Commander Fourteen says." And that's why he's my favorite boy. <laughs> yeah. So far, he's just a huge dick. <laughs> he's just a huge dick, but he's kind of cool. Um. Anyway, to put the bow on episode one, um, because this has all been episode one. There is a neat scene where Simone is walking home from the Continental. I was about to say diner <laughs> it's in a quotes. Di- it's a diner. It's in a the, diner in the show. It's a diner. It's a five-star diner. Uh, she's walking home, and uh, she is about to presumably get accosted by two two men, and then the show basically is like, "Hold up a second, rewind." Does a little rewind record scratch thing sends her back, and then is like, what if she had divine nonchalance? Which is this concept that we didn't even mention in the first 45 minutes of this podcast. But... So let's. What what is divine nonchalance? It's what Claire has got. Claire has got all the divine nonchalance. Did they ever explain what it is up to this point? I don't believe... Not outright. I don't... But they do explain it in this scene. And I... Took a screenshot of the recap that I read mm-hmm. as Simone's walking by these these two men. It, it, it's So to describe the scene. It's like sort of a split screen. It's a, got...
1: it's a split screen, and on top you have what's happening in real life. It's mm-hmm. at night, this uh, young trans woman, Simone, is walking home, mm-hmm. and she is being followed by two
0: drunk men. Right. So it's and then... not a good situation for her at all. Correct. They're not you're not supposed to ever think that she's safe. You're you're supposed to immediately feel concerned for her as soon as you see these men yeah. out of the shadows come yeah. toward her.
1: But on the bottom half of the screen, you have this cartoon done in this like 1930s it, rubber hose like style, Betty, like Betty B- Boop, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. of this uh, woman who's like walking very confidently down the street as all these things are like. Attacking her, but she's just so cool that it's like not she's not being phased by it. Right.
0: Which it's that that's where this is fully narrated. We are not not hearing what Simone is saying or what these men are doing, but the narrator is talking and I and I've got this got this captured about what divine nonchalance is. So the the animation versus the real life, the animation is demonstrating what it would be like to live with divine nonchalance and to put a ribbon on it or whatever the concept is supposed to be. it's He describes it in, I quote, perpetual quietness of heart when all around you is seeming chaos. It is an unspoken under, unspoken understanding that somehow, through all the trials and tribulations, fears and foes, you are protected by some timeless innocence and eternal joy and universal love that need not be named. So it's, a, it's a, essentially like... A ignorance is bliss type of thing where you're like – you've got so much inner joy that you could give two shits about anything else that's around. Yeah. In the cartoon, the woman is just, you know, mm-hmm. proudly Mom's walking old, by. Yeah. The guys are like coming up behind her and she's like, whatever. I'm I'm just – I'm going home. You, you can't even stop me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in like real life, because she's lacking that – this – intangible concept of divine nonchalance she ultimately gets grabbed and or chased Mm -hmm. down an alleyway
1: she she trips and they the two catch up to her Mm -hmm. but she's got that pep she's got pepper spray Mm -hmm. and she uses it to get away yeah and so it kind of ends with the narrator saying that unfortunately like none like people aren't so lucky in real
0: life yeah. to have this not this uh, divine nonchalance but apparently clara has it this girl that they're supposed to find and and this is probably going to be a through line through the show mm-hmm. this and that's why i you know we affectionately named the the pod series pilot's guide to nonchalance because it's a word that you hear Probably more than you've ever heard it before, because (laughs) the narrator's always using it, and the scenes in the show are always jumping on this concept, and I guess they're just trying to push through whatever this abstract thought is into the Mm -hmm. plot. Yes. But anyway, that wraps up episode one. That's episode one, yes. Episode one. So that's everything we need to know about Peter, I guess, because this is his episode. That's why he's got his name. And, and I don't think we mentioned, but... Um, I mean,
2: we, we did briefly mention, but the first four episodes are, are going to be standalone sort of episodes of each character. So the first episode about Peter. The next episode is going to be about Simone. Correct. Uh, the third being about Janice. And then the fourth being about Fredwin, um, And... At the beginning of each episode, mm-hmm. oh, we yeah. hear Richard E. Grant say, Think of yourself as this person. Mm-hmm. And snap. It, the whole, yeah, snap, meaning you're kind of just put into the perspective of what they go through day to day. And that's exactly what we saw Peter when he goes to therapy, going to work, going home. Like, it's just his day to day, boring life. And then. That kind of takes us into the
0: second episode. Which is funny because I didn't feel like I was Peter for a second. I didn't feel connected to that man. Neither did at I. At all. Neither
1: did I. Peter is not a good character. No. <laughs> no at least really not don't. yet. Not, at yet. Least not yet. He's just not very likable. He's not fun. Mm-mm. I mean, I guess that's the point. He's very socially
2: awkward. Oh, awfully so. I mean it's hard cuz like we like I said he doesn't really have much of a history and there's really not much for him like to feel bad about like we like we don't really know what to to grasp to other than the fact that he just is a is a loner who just doesn't really interact with anybody and just takes everything for face value so it's just kind of like
0: but I think you're supposed to grasp exactly what they give you in the exactly. show. Yeah, That's why they didn't give you any background yeah. aside from the two-minute loop. It was a mistake, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: unless they're going to go back later and like dive deeper into Peter's backstory and why he's but, I mean, feeling we,
2: the way that he does. But we all, I mean, at least for me, you two seem to not like him. But I, I can definitely grasp to that that feeling of like, just being in in a in a constant loop of like, all right, going to work, going going yeah. to get food, and then coming yeah. home, literally sitting in this exact spot, and then watching TV for hours. Like I like I get I get where I, I, I understand yeah. his dullness and his like existence existence because I in a sense am feeling that like, mm-hmm. at least recently it's just because I like I've been kind of constant stagnant, but mm-hmm. like I. The way that, like, Jason Siegel in an interview that, that I was reading, um, mm-hmm. he talks about, like, the, the plan was, like, drawing the, the four opposing perspectives of all the characters. Yeah. And then assuming that you would naturally gravitate toward one of them, but at the end, the goal is to have them say, like, we're all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. right now, we're just kind of looking at Peter's perspective and being like, okay, what parts of him do you kind of relate to that in the end like you can kind of grab parts from each character and put together and be like oh we've I can connect with all of them somehow but but right now yes he's a very like just dull bland boring person
0: yep all right (laughs) so for the first time in pilot's guide history we will be talking about the second episode of a television show but cancelled Cancel. This is it. This is this is. We've jumped the shark. Uh, anyway, uh, so the second episode, and and we're going to we've we've decided that the three of us we're we're going to just hit on the the themes. So with episode one, we wanted to in the the spirit of pilot's guide give you that that full summary to sort of like wet your taste buds if you haven't watched the show to give you like exactly what we see and we saw in this show, but. From now on, we're going to be a little more abstract because, look, I know you. If you if you're listening to this part, you've definitely watched past the first episode. So we're just going to talk about some themes. Angelo is pointing; he's got a thing to say. I
2: I I, I guess it it kind of doesn't fit mainly because we all have watched the second episode already. Correct, but could I guess we could all agree that, in pilot's guide fashion, that we all believe that this show is ready to takeoff. off.
0: Do you did you believe that after the first episode? Yes. Hmm.
1: Yes, I did believe that. I'm not fully there yet.
0: Yeah. There, it's
1: difficult to really catch the essence of a show with the first episode alone. I think that's mm-hmm. why they decided to do two episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. back oh back. like right that's mm-hmm. yeah. a good point
0: because
2: a- it is abstract and it is not something the normal viewer would watch
1: yeah it was like' ex- almost experimental in it's like mm-hmm.
2: storytelling mm-hmm. but yeah there's definitely room for growth and like that I I definitely saw that at the end and the way that they they closed it the the, the cartoon the the split yeah. the split way that they did mm-hmm. the cartoon mm-hmm. was mm-hmm kind of what was like that's cool and then i was yeah
0: it, it kind of wrote me in yeah. but let me tell you boys episode two a lot better than episode one. Oh yeah
1: for sure like if i just saw yeah i feel like they could have just easily done like a two hour like one episode of and i would have been like hooked from from the beginning like i'd be sure. like because like right when episode one ends with the divine nonchalance, and Simone being uh, chased by these men, I was like, wow, okay, this is something. This is something of substance, finally. Yes. Because before that, it just felt like this whimsical fantasy that was leading to something, but with just, like, something kind of, like, cute and fun.
0: It was disjointed. A little
1: confused. Yep, yep. But and the end it was just like okay there's something yes there yeah. is definitely something to this yeah and
2: that, and that was a good a good placement for that i think because it goes directly into simone's episode like yeah. the way that they planned that i feel like they they wanted you to kind of hope that it would end in a in a way that left you wondering especially about nonchalance and where, who Simone is more, more
0: clearly. So let's talk about Simone, then. Because yeah. this is Simone's episode. Episode two. Yeah. Of Dispatches from Elsewhere. Yeah. Simone. Think of her, yourself. What's her deal? Think of yourself as, as Simone. Simone. She is very
1: uncomfortable in her body. Very, very, very much so. Um, which has manifested in itself in her being trans. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. She attempts to go to a pride parade at the beginning of the episode. Right. And is embarrassed and still feels out of place mm-hmm. when a bunch of trans women were proclaiming their, uh, love for themselves and their, like, ability to just, like... Accept. Accept who they are. Yeah. She couldn't and ends up, ends up running away from it. Right, right. Um... And the rest of the episode does this really, really interesting thing where her subjectivity is kind of like imprinted on the world. So there was like Mm. this one instance. There was like a couple instances I remember. There was one on the bus where like the bus driver says something about her, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's obviously only happening in her head. Oh yeah, yeah. The other time was uh, in the bar bar, Mm -hmm. when she was trying to talk to the bartender. About um, the game, and he was just like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. And the uh, the guy on the radio on the jukebox was like, "And Simone's made an ass of herself once again, or something like yeah, that." Yeah,
0: exactly. And exactly. like nobody
1: else hears it, so this is obviously happening in our brain. And that was a thing that I thought was really cool, yeah. and a way that you kind of like distinguish yourself from the different subjectivities of each yes. main character, because like right. stuff like that didn't really happen to Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter was a little a di- little bit different, where in, like, certain shots, things were very, like, creepy and uncomfortable. And, like, there was shot at, like, different angles to make it look, like, s- super uncomfortable. And that's, like, something that's, that he was dealing cool. with. Yeah. Um, is, like, being uncomfortable in certain situations. Like, mm. being at the June Institute with, mm-hmm. like, the woman. That's another, like, so that all could have been completely, like... It could have all been, like, part of the game or, like, something that was just, like, not supposed to be, like, super creepy or maybe mm-hmm. it was just, like... It, I'm thinking that it was, like, his subjectivity, like... To um, how, used how he views the world. Being because like, oh, I'm... T-, like, this is a scary situation. I'm terrified. So that's how we're feeling it along that's with like, him. Because
2: cool wasn't there another out. part of the second episode where you actually see two mm-hmm. versions of Simone? I could have swore that there was, like it there, like it might have been her oh behind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh and yeah 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 and In then the she's end, like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. when there's... she was like don't screw this up for oh me. that's right yes she yes. talks to herself yeah. Yeah. On, on the roof yeah yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah there, it definitely it it pulls you to where you get into her headspace and where she's where she's feeling upset and where that she it's almost like she's trying to grasp the idea of the nonchalance but it's really hard. And we see later in this episode when she talks to her um, aunt or her... Her grandmother, I think. Grandmother. Yeah. Where it almost kind of opens, like, the idea... Not of nonchalance. Is it of nonchalance, really? Like, the way that... I don't think so. No.
1: I think it's just, like... Well, maybe. I think, like, her grandmother being, like... Her te- like her grandmother's teaching her, like, how to be
0: like, nonchalant
1: herself. without, like... Yeah! It, oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah! Because the
0: big lesson that she takes away from that is like just don't walk around with what 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 bag the, of crap. She's like bag of
2: crap. Like basically, like your shit stinks. So like be let proud people of that. yeah let people <laughs> right right yeah just accept it and let people know that like this is my shit. I've got I, a bag yeah. of shit. <laughs> Smell my shit. Yeah. and she tries to on the roof, but chickens
0: out. She don't. But d- we'll we'll get there. Anyway, like, so she gets the fish food. The fish food. The fish food.
1: That was the um, the batteries for like the the Billy the singing fish. Oh yeah. Thing. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it, it it so jumping back into into the game, uh, where's I think we're under the impression or is it is it correct we're under the, under the impression that they haven't been playing for another like uh, span of time yeah yeah you know, about probably about a like few
1: days few weeks.
0: She works at the art museum. Which is
1: cool. Which is very cool. I think that was a really cool, like, development in her character. It's like, she has an art degree, and she, like, really... She spends, like, a couple minutes talking to one of the paintings. Like, literally talking to
2: the painting. Which yeah. I thought was fun. I remember the painting saying... I forget who who it was of, but it was yeah. Monet's... And I think it was Manet's wife. Or Manet's
0: wife. Yeah, who was also a painter. Mm. Mm. But but her boss... Her, her boss... I guess this is a common occurrence that she she whispers to herself yeah. that she's having these conversations with these pieces of art. Um, but the, isn't the, isn't the boss like, oh, you're going to scare you're going to scare everybody? Gonna yeah. scare, <laughs> they're going to think you're weird. She's like, well, I, th- whatever.
1: I I want to go. Okay, the conversation with the painting is really important. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's essentially talking to this female artist about like isn't it she says like isn't it weird that like when they talk about female artists they have to like say they have to like um they have to say that like it was a it was done by a female artist they couldn't just say like this great artist
0: ah oh, yeah
1: and she's like, well, no, I don't think that's weird I think like what she says is, like no, I don't think that's weird because I am a female artist that's something that I'm proud of
0: mm hmm
1: and like that becomes like a theme of the episode is like dealing with identity.
0: Oh yeah. Oh no. For for sure. Yeah. For sure. And she constantly is struggling for multiple reasons with uh, what her what she believes her identity truly to be. I mean, the first the first thing that that the narrator says is when she when he says Simone is us is that she's just struggling to make the days the best. That she can, and you sort of you see that in her personality. I mean, on the outside, she's very bubbly. At least, and especially it's especially jarring when you're seeing Peter next to her, yeah, because she's so constantly driving him to to do so many things because he's a afraid, b anxious, d apathetic. I just I just said a b d. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, it, uh you do – I think you do realize pretty quickly on that there might be a little mutuality, at least in terms of a friendship between Simone and Peter. Whether or not Peter has these intense feelings about Simone, Simone at least looks to Peter as a friend because she goes out of her way once she knows that the game is back on to go see him at his work mm-hmm. and – he doesn't want that because he's embarrassed, because he works in a shitty job, and she's cool, and he's not cool, and there's Peter's essence coming through the TV screen. I gotta say, that was the only time that I actually
1: enjoyed Peter. Yeah? <laughs> I thought that was like a super endearing scene. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: But he got the Billy Bass.
1: He got the Billy Bass. Um, from... I guess it was just delivered to him. There's the billy bass
2: and the clue. Oh, yeah, that's right, right because it's about right. the way that Simone got into the building was just claiming it. Oh, that, claiming said it was Peter's birthday, <laughs> but it was <laughs> birthday! And then the person delivers the billy bass up and then says happy birthday, so, like, I guess they just thought it was, like, a present that someone just delivered, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he ends up with this, this talk of fish.
0: Impeccable, impeccable <laughs> timing.
2: Yep, so Simone
1: has fish food, which are batteries, mm-hmm. um... Peter has the the singing fish. Yeah. And the clue says you have to take the fish uh to its home to feed it its food.
0: <laughs> but it, it, important thing about the the fish we it's it's the voice of this girl presumably Clara. We she, don't find that out until after they get to Oh right home. because they don't okay because the clue
2: says to take the fish to its home. And then that's when you like click the button and then it talks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And they talk. The fish talks, and it's a girl voice, not well, a big Billy Bass. Where is its home, though? Fish Town, man, Fish, fish town. town. I should have seen that one coming. You didn't. I didn't, and, and that's the I, worst. I was thing. like, I was like, oh Jesus Christ, it's gonna be Fishtown. Well, because they were like, they were like, where do fish live? In an aquarium. <laughs> it, it was like Dora the Explorer. They were like, where in a river, in a pond, and then Peter is actually the one, and it's. Because of his literal mindset, that he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, a town for fish, Fishtown. <laughs> and they go to a big sign that says Fishtown, and then the, the Billy Bass speaks to them. Mm-hmm. This is where we find out that Clara was born
1: and raised in Fishtown. Right. When she says, like, before it became, like, beautiful, <laughs> which I have a problem with.
0: Well, didn't she say it was always beautiful, but.
1: I don't She's like it was a rough place, but she always found it beautiful. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it.
0: But yeah. yeah, so you 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 talked about this before we before we started recording. Did yeah, you it get has, this idea.
1: Yeah, I, I it's got this weird relationship with gentrification now, mm-hmm. especially because mm-hmm. like it's a well, first I don't know if like they had this in mind, but it just feels like they're starting to romanticize gentrification a little bit with this episode. I don't want to get too political. Yeah, this podcast here. I mean, to be for, real, Fifth but Town it, is but the, very the, much is very much so. Justified. I mean, like she even says, like, this was a rough place like a few years ago and now it's right. like beautiful. And I've kind mm-hmm. of like had a little bit of a problem with that because mm-hmm. of like the implication.
0: <laughs> right, right. Right. When you strip when you strip away the this bizarre television show and you really get into that one line, you're like, hmm.
2: Yeah, but and, I think that's also so, I, I also think that's part of like the show in general, just because like the the whole the premise is just finding beauty around every corner and and Clara is I guess trying to emphasize the fact that you don't have to be in the most beautiful places and she she says like it it wasn't at one point but it still is to me like it's, it's funny
0: though that they're finding themselves in the most beautiful places yeah. in the city like yeah. outwardly beautiful places they haven't so they haven't far. gone anywhere that's not you know high up in the city's most popular locations. I mean, they're in Rittenhouse all the time. They're in yeah. South Philly. It's just like... They really... I mean, that's the thing. That's like
1: the location scouts finding, like, the most, yeah. like, beautiful art pieces in Philadelphia. Because, like, Philadelphia does have, like, a beautiful public
2: art scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Mural Arts Philly is, is incredible. Yeah, they, they have murals everywhere and i mean i think that's part of what jason siegel is, is looking for is trying to just get as much as much beauty that people aren't necessarily aware of in the mm. city mm. and try to expose it through the show i mean because like the that antique shop like i was thinking to myself like is that actually a real like because they went into like that weird alleyway i mean i i have no there was idea. a mural
0: that said you know
2: yeah, like, there was some cool things... stuff inside. Yeah, like, I have no idea where some of that stuff led. Like, I'm just wondering if it actually...
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it existed in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, there's there's random, random uh, alleyways that you can just kind of wander down, and hello. There's, like, a... I don't want to, like, give him too much flack for this because, like, I don't think he just
1: realizes what he's, like, doing, but... Mm. He's really... It feels like he's, like, trying to, like, say, like oh, look how beautiful Philadelphia is without really knowing what Philadelphia is, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you from here? No, you're not.
1: You don't know what you're saying. You Like, you, I guess you understand that, like, Fishtown was an area that was, like, a predominantly, like, poor neighborhood. Right. And now a bunch of houses were, like, bought up, fixed up, and then sold for way over market value, and now yeah. a bunch of rich people live there.
0: right. Hey, I, you know, I've lived I've lived in the city for a month and a half. <laughs> I'm from here. My city's pretty. It's a pretty city. But I'm not going to, like,
1: dwell on that too much for yeah. now. Because there it, might be, like, he might actually talk about, like, the, the issue in the city. We got eight That's more episodes. Far.
0: Exactly. Right. It's not, it's far from over. Mm-hmm. And I mean they they could they could somehow apply it to the whole elsewhere society versus the jejun Institute. I mean like the one percenters to get political versus the you know army of everybody else it, it could it could become ultimately a a discussion of that gentrification mm-hmm. and beauty inside and outside mm-hmm. but Back to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Bass says, "Find Mr. Salazar."
1: Mr. Salazar, yes.
0: Mr. Salazar just a guy in a bodega. In a bodega, Sal's bodega, and not gonna not gonna belabor the point here. They talk yeah. to a man whose name is Salazar, <laughs> and well, they get the 3D glasses first. Yeah, they find 3D glasses. <laughs> What was that part that they needed them for they later? They needed them,
2: but yeah. how did they know that they? I, they must have said something. I think Clara might have said something.
0: Salazar, it said Salazar's got like a good, got like good glasses or something. Yeah, <laughs> or and something. Then, and then,
2: yeah. <laughs> Salazar's got some. He's got some cool great, glasses, right? then then glasses. Got some 3D glasses. Went up to Salazar and and what did she say? Just well, she was just trying to pay for them. Oh yeah, right. She's and and then he started pay.
1: yelling at her. Yelling because at her. he he mentioned she mentioned Clara, right? Yes. And he was like... We have beef, basically. Yeah, he was, like, not happy that no. he had, because she did something. Didn't she owe him or something? No. no. It felt, like, deeper than that. Like, she uh, He something.
0: said... I believe he he said, and I quote, When you see her, tell her I said thanks for nothing. And then he just <laughs> slaps down, like, a bus token-looking thing. He's like, keep your change. Keep your change. And, uh... They didn't pay for it. They didn't pay for it. They... In in the end, they get a pair of 3D glasses and a coin, uh, which they take to a bar. But it, it was it was it was cute on the way out of the of the bodega. Uh, Simone's like, "You're really good at this," <laughs> because remember, she's think she thinks this is a game. She, she thinks everybody's thinks acting. Wait, didn't Peter run out? Oh, yeah. Peter, yeah, Peter yeah. was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Because he's scared all I, the time. I
2: thought that was kind of funny. Because, like, he, he wasn't in the mindset of, like, the game. And he was, like, genuinely terrified. No, he's
0: in the mind. Because it's not a game for him. It's yeah, real life. It, exactly. You know,
1: so. I liked Peter a lot more in this episode. And yeah. I think it's because he was
2: not the focus. When he's yeah. not the main mm-hmm. character, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. he's just this goofy guy. <laughs> he acts. Yeah. He yeah. He acts. Yeah.
0: He acts. He
2: adds. But yeah, so Peter runs out. Someone goes after him, and yeah, and then they ended up wandering over to. They
0: go to a Fishtown bar. Tavern, they go to a. I think yeah. The they go to a bar. They talk to the bartender, and the bartender just, shuts him down for a long time. And ultimately, uh, he gets to the point where he's like, "Don't talk about the June Institute." Too- there's people watching. There's people watching. There's a man drinking chocolate milk in the corner. Literally a man drinking chocolate milk in the corner. <laughs> and then Peter, remember Peter, <laughs> that was actually really funny when Peter goes, why, it can't just be a man drinking chocolate milk at the <laughs> A afternoon? man can't just enjoy his chocolate milk at in the afternoon? That was really funny. But that, that propels us into the, the next scene where they walk down a hallway mm-hmm. in a building that the bartender suggests. And, you know, it, no, It was
2: still in the tavern. It was yeah, like oh, past, yeah, yeah, yeah. past the yeah. bathrooms. There's, there's like still, there's, there's a still door, in there.
0: a door to elsewhere. There's a, yeah. there's a, yeah, a literal door to elsewhere. That's what it it's, said on the door. Says that yeah. on the door. They drop the key in there. The coin and the coin. Yeah. And Shazam, they're in a cool, cool room. And this is where we get more like lore building. Yeah. Um, and it's important to, for us to talk about this situation because. They let us into a little bit more about what Elsewhere, the concept of Elsewhere, because it's also an abstract thought about what it ultimately might be. But that it's scene is sort of bizarre. It's very weird. And it's like... the will show us was...
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a bike in the middle of the room uh-huh. and a headset. Yeah. So you put the headset on, and somebody
2: has to bike for you mm. to watch this little slideshow cartoon.
0: Like really
2: yeah. old slideshow, like a um the the like it's paper.
0: It a was flip uh, book. yeah, it was like a flipbook style. Yeah. And they needed the 3D glasses for it. I, I don't, that's sort of that's sort of makes it seem throwaway to me. So like someone yeah. puts his headset on, and Peter's like riding this old bike to to get the flipbook to go, and she's like Dirk Blue and Red. <laughs> And Peter's like, we have glasses that are blue and red.
1: Yeah, like he you, said, that's exactly
0: <laughs> how he says it. You could have gotten rid of those glasses completely. Right. And nothing would have changed it, in ex- that episode. Yep. She puts the 3D glasses into the viewing binoculars or whatever. And she watches the animation. Another animation. Two episodes in a row that we get this animation. And the animation ultimately tells us a little bit about elsewhere. Did you two gleam anything off of that? We sort of get like, yeah, it's it's actually the background, I guess the back, the, the plot about what the Elsewhere Society is. Yeah. It describes who Clara is, yeah. says that she's got this divine nonchalance situation going on, and it talks about Elsewhere, people were running out of Elsewhere, and while it's describing that, it's popping up like pictures of animals in the forest, and I'm like, is Elsewhere beauty? Is it just like, all beauty? I believe that it was like, utopia.
1: Like oh, a yeah? weird, like, societal utopia.
2: Mmm. Mmm. But, like... Uh, but I don't <clears throat> have anything else. <laughs> I mean, it. what it seemed like was that it. it is genuinely a place and a group of people who have all of this free will and just... I guess... I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like they, they just... They want to be themselves, so they... They consider Elsewhere mm-hmm. not a part of... When
0: you say they, you mean the society? The, yeah,
2: the Elsewhere society. They consider mm-hmm. themselves part of the the main... The, I don't, I, like I, I'm confusing myself the more I describe it because it's like they're just them. They're, they're, We're they're, not
0: going to pretend to know what it means because we don't know what it means. <laughs> it's... It's a, it's like throwing, like how can, how, what's the best way to put this? It, it's definitely, there's definitely a lot described to you in a way that it's like meant to go through your ears and out the other and you're not to really grip it yet.
1: Well, it's just a very mm-hmm. like, because we're, we're growing, society, like abstract concept that they're trying to like yep. go for. It's like... Th- what the elsewhere society is trying to do is essentially cure boredom.
0: R- yeah, that's a great that's a great way to put it.
1: And that's it. <laughs> right, right. Like trying to like save society and humanity from just right, falling into like ruts and patterns in their life. No just...
0: longer no longer to no longer to exist but to live. Like Yeah. There's that it it drives home that difference in life a boring life is existence. It's like
2: a, it's like a sense of magic. Like a, they want to, they want to make sure that like society doesn't fall into that rut or that exactly. boredom. So it's like magic that they perceive to be um, the way that they can get through that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I yeah. I, we're floundering here. We yeah. don't know
0: what the hell is. <laughs> we, so we're not. So we won't spend any more time on it. Elsewhere is a thing. Divine Nonchalance is a thing. These are probably two key cornerstones of the show. We've got eight more episodes in this season to hopefully learn more. And if we don't learn more, I wouldn't even be surprised. I wouldn't even be upset. Honestly, no. But ultimately, this this Peter is so excited. Well, he doesn't even get to see the thing. Because an alarm goes off as soon as Simone gets out of the chair, <laughs> yeah. and then they have to run, 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 run away because she thinks she says, um, sort of like swipe or no swiping. Mm-hmm. So, or she's like, "June and and it's them. Like they're they're putting an alarm Their on hair. us. They're yeah. They're they got. They're gonna catch us. Mm-hmm. And they book
1: it out of there. The clue they get from the uh, the. Animation was like follow the setting sun or something like that. Yeah. So they walk
0: west. Yeah. They walk west because Peter knows literally where the sun <laughs> He's sets. Very proud of himself for that. <laughs> and they go to the top of a building. They climb up. It's said, another clue says, look over the golden dome, which there's literally a gold. And Peter's like, uh, how about that one over there? And <laughs> the camera pans and was like, oh, there it is. There it is. And, and then we get this confrontation of. Not even confrontation, but like, Peter finally wants to tell Simone that she's making him feel. Well, before that, yeah. yeah,
1: they look over the edge. Oh, and they see the um, oh, yeah, mural yeah, yeah. that was painted by Clara. So and that's where they. they oh, were... it was
0: painted by Clara.
1: Yes. Yeah, so when they're on top of the roof, they play the fish, and Clara is like, "Now you know a little bit about me. Like I'm an artist. Mm. Yeah. I painted this. Like this is my vision of like." What the world is.
0: How do they know when to play the fish?
2: I think Simone was just kind of like, ooh, play the fish, play the fish.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, like...
2: It's probably, like, a good time now to do it. A like bunch it, of
0: things say "fish town," so I guess, like, yeah. that's the key. But what's stopping them from playing the fish any other time? I don't know, that's, that's what I'm on does the fish know where they are? Right, right. <laughs> like, if they were in the bar, they push it. Now you know a lot about me, I'm an artist. Also, also, she's like, okay, so Simona is deathly afraid of heights deathly definitely, Deathly, definitely afraid. Deathly afraid of heights.
1: She climbed up those those uh, that ladder no problem. And she was excited to do it. <laughs> she was very excited.
2: Yeah. So w- where did that come from? Be- beats me. Beats me. I mean, I, I, I'm not afraid of heights, but like, I kind of get the idea of like not. I think it's more of like looking down. Like the the. I guess if she like. She would have to look down to get back down the ladder though.
0: <laughs> this is true.
2: I guess, but like the the notion of going up isn't as scary as like. Looking over or coming down, like, I guess. I guess in her mind, she it's, was just like, "Why not?" And I then... mean, it served
1: f- the only the only purpose it served was for Peter to be like, "I'll be your railing." Might I'm stronger than I look.
0: <laughs> right, right. And and this is the first time we're seeing Peter sort of the shell sort of melts away. Yeah. He's you know giving her a hand. He's promising to protect her from falling, uh, because ultimately we realize that Peter is having some feelings, which he doesn't necessarily spell out as romantic feelings, but, like, he is literally Same. feeling something. I have I've not yeah. felt anything in so long. Yeah. And when we play this, when we do this activity, because it's real for him, mm-hmm. he, inside, is, like, reborn. Mm-hmm. And he basically is like, thank you so much, Simone, like... You make me feel so great. Well, that's the Clara, the fish Clara tells
1: him to, it tells them to, like... Fish Clara, yeah. Fish Clara tells him, like, all right, now just say, like, oh, what's, yeah. what's your, like, what's deep inside that yeah. you w- always wanted to say. Uh-huh. And A so, secret
0: that you've, you're have you holding from your partner. Yeah. You tell them now. And Peter does. Yeah. Pretty much professes his love for her. Right? Spills... His... Ever, he doesn't ever, like, he doesn't ever say, say I, love I, I love you. Which I'm glad he didn't, yeah. because...
1: That would have just been cliche at that point. He's just like, you make me feel more than I've ever felt in my mm-hmm. entire life. Right. And that's when you see this out-of-body um, Simone say, like, yep. don't, don't screw this up. Don't mm-hmm. screw this up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think what she said was, don't screw this up for, for me. For me. Yeah, which is interesting. Which... And then she... Does she screw it
0: up? <laughs> right. Like, what is what is what the is, definition? Is screwing
1: it up? So what happens is she, she runs away. She's like, I can't do this. And she runs away. Mm-hmm.
0: But then it's just waiting for him, at the bottom of the, st- at the bottom of the ladder. The ladder. <laughs> she she ran really quick and then was like, okay, I'm going yeah. really slow down the ladder. And then she was like, okay, so are you ready to like continue this? Let's just like do this
1: fun game now and forget that ever happened. And yeah. Peter's like, I think I'm just gonna go home.
0: <laughs> like yeah. he's just yeah, totally depressed and doesn't
1: want to do this anymore. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. This is he. He is, he's burned. Um, much like she has likely been burned in the past, uh, we don't know the whole situation, but clearly something was keeping her from saying feelings, show for, of displaying feelings that she probably had, whether, whether or not it was romantic. There's definitely, like, you can see a camaraderie, a friendship that I think she wanted to profess to Peter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but clearly her whatever's tying her up her her self-confidence issues are chaining her to not revealing that information and that's that's you know Simone in a nutshell we we see her all there exactly what we learned about her in the entire thing in one nice little package to
2: yeah, she's such an interesting character. Then, really, really cool. And then that's when we go to her grandmother tell, t- talking to her about...
0: About the ba- being a bag of crap, yeah. and you know, but, but not a, in a good way.
1: It, yes. I don't think she ever says, you're a bag of crap. I think it's like we all have a bag of crap that we're carrying. Right,
0: right, yeah. right. <laughs> she says, you're a bag of crap. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Her Nana's cool. Her Nana's cool. Yeah, her
2: Nana's pretty cool. But very accepting of her and who she is and then tries to, to show that and show that it's you have to show your flaws and the and the, the, the way that she puts the bag of crap that you have in order for other people to understand you and accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. So like she's Nan is very Nana is very introspective and, and is yeah. is a fun fun side character for Simone.
0: How long do you expect it w- it'll take for for Simone to give up those at, that apprehension.
1: Like, do you think? It's, do you think everyone's gonna give up whatever is holding them back at the very end? At the, at the end at, of the, season. At, at the at the same time, I think.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think like that's this road ones.
1: that they're like that um, the elsewhere society is leading them to is like them like letting go of these like this emotional baggage. Yeah. So yeah. I think when the game is over, that's when they
0: figure it out. Hmm. But it ain't a game, though. It's real, bro. This maybe, is real life. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's conspiracy. Here's what's great. Here's what's great about. About that. You you say that the Elsewhere Society is going to be the driving factor that's going to release them of their emotional baggage. But 50% of their squad of four believes that the Jezune Institute is the good guys and the Elsewhere Society is the bad guys. And this that is was the,
1: interesting. This
0: is the the ending concept that we get a, at the end of the second episode that's really cool. They're back at the Continental. They're hanging out. Mm-hmm. The, just the three of them. A Three, right. Peter hasn't come back because Peter is sad.
1: Yeah, he's done. He he just does not want to play. He
2: just feels he feels distraught after letting his feelings out and feeling shut down from feeling putting his feelings out on the table and not not having that reciprocated makes him feel like the the feeling that he had was kind of just crumbled and yeah. and like he needed some reassurance which we see later when they meet up at the at the protest. Um, but, yeah, Peter isn't at the Continental first. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. and, but we learn that Fredwin and Janice are part of um, the Jejeune Institute.
0: Yeah. Well, well not know, part uh, of, not part of. Part right, just interested in the, they the were values Jejeune of the stuff all yeah, day. Yeah,
2: they were the values of the it's the
0: It's the divergent path in the choose-your-own-adventure. These two went one way and the other two went the other way. Yeah. Andrew, before we started recording, you said you hope that in the third episode we get like some sort of fill-in about what Janice and Fredwin were
1: doing. Yeah, because they pretty much were just like, oh no, the Dijun Institute of the Good Guys, like yeah. all of their like works are like. Um, works of, like, philanthropy, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're really doing a lot to help people.
0: Community centers and schools and...
1: Yeah, and that's, like, not what we've been taught this entire, like, two episodes. So where is that coming from? I want to know what's going on there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the, and the Elsewhere Society's idea is that Jejun is suppressing beauty or nonchalance or whatever abstract concepts you want to buttonhole
1: like They're, like, they... Compare them to like anarchists and like yeah. rebelling, like loud kids that like don't know what they want. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they just, just want
0: to be have, loud
2: and they want to have fun. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Which is definitely they put Simone in the right right spot because that that exemplifies her her personality or at least the personality that she's showing now. Mm-hmm. It's and I feel like Peter could have gone the other way, like. I wouldn't have been surprised if Peter was like in on jejun Yeah, um, yeah. but definitely from Janice and Fredwin, who Janice believing it's a hoax and Fredwin believing it's a conspiracy. It's kind of interesting that they spend the day working with the the actual institute because I, I feel there's pro, there's more. They seem like more concrete connected or connected to like more concrete coms, concepts. At least this institute. It's like, it could be a real thing. They could be raising money to give it to people and they're just a cool philanthropic science thing. Yeah, because I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't know,
2: like, obviously we don't know yet what Janice and, and Fredwin did, but from, from what it seems like, I don't think that Peter would have had that same feeling that he had when doing the, the things that he did with... Simone, like he, I, I just from from oh, what yeah, it no. sounds like, like he 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 was put in the right group, like he was. Yeah, no, I it, guess it makes sense for yeah. him to be part of elsewhere because he, he needs needed that, to see the beauty. Yeah, he needs that feeling. He needs to become a more interesting, more That's true. laid back, fun character. Uh, Whereas if he was put in the jejun group, then he would have literally right. probably offed himself. Like, oh yikes. Just, It would have gotten probably pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, at least oh. for, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know no. yet, but. I mean, I just feel like that would probably be the path that he would take I, if if he ended up going. There. I like
0: to think of what Fredwin would have, <laughs> di- like this whole elsewhere stuff. He would have yeah. been like, "We're wasting time." Like he wouldn't he wouldn't focus on the, you know, sitting there and appreciating a beautiful sight. He'd be like, "We got to go find the next thing." So I guess it, it makes the most sense that yeah. he's sort of cozying yeah. up to the heads, or, or wanting to get as close as he can to the heads of the Jujun Institute, which yeah. we know in the coming episode, um, they are able to actually talk to Octavio. That he, IRL, is is there backstage at, at some shareholders meeting. Yeah, The thing that that uh, Janice and, and Fredwin so anxiously
2: want to go to. Well, it was funny because in the diner, they, they're arguing about which was really interesting because Fredwin obviously wants to understand elsewhere. Because he argues about we need to go to both meetings so we can get the most intel. Right. So it's like right. he wants to understand but he's yeah, like we obviously like we still don't we haven't seen his episode yet, so we don't know right. what what is his motivation but mm. he he's very analytical and he wants to kind of get he wants, the el- best he wants everything but best get. of both worlds so and it's there's the both of the meetings are 30 <clears throat> minutes apart so right. they have to like run to, to be
0: specific they're in the in the the diner they have two pamphlets and yes. they open one one's a flyer for a protest at seven o'clock, and yeah. the other one's the shareholders' meeting at seven thirty. So they all Fred, go, yeah. They all go to the, the protest protests, at first,
2: right. and then they they ended up. Um, Fred, you want to explain? Fr- that? Oh, Fred,
0: Fredwin, Fredwin says, you know, if we leave, it's a twenty-minute walk. If we leave at seven ten, and we take, do we do a sprightly walk? We'll get to the shareholders' meeting on time. I gotta go to this protest to see what the deal is, um, and yeah, uh, Janice basically loses Fredwin in the crowd. Simone sees Peter, and there's this whole connection scene that I don't know it didn't really it was a step for her character oh true huge
1: step for her character to be able to like not only like profess her feelings of just being like hey like I don't want to be hurt I don't want to be just I just want to be friends right now right Um, I like your face I like your face Mm -hmm. yeah I don't want to I don't want to lose that face right is what she says um but she does it with like a bullhorn Mm
0: -hmm. which she couldn't do earlier at the pride parade
1: because she just didn't she couldn't speak up. Great, wrapped, great turnaround yeah, for her. Yeah, so, full circle. Exactly, so now she can like, she's like a little hesitant at first, but mm. everybody, like the whole crowd's listening to her, like just <laughs> Which saying, is really. Like,
0: hey, I, I just to want to be friends to Peter. The, all the protesters, that they're tinfoil hats, Angelo knew a guy in the, in the protest. Yeah, one of the oh, extras yeah. I, I worked <laughs> on a
2: set with, uh, for, for a different shoot, but yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a. I mean, it was pretty powerful to, to see that, like, right. her open up at, at the end, and yeah. kind of, explore her character and and uh and then we and then we see octavio in the flesh yeah oh he's he walks out of the oh he walks out of the building and where the what protesters is, are protesting fredwin
0: do fredwin hops in the back of that trunk baby because you know andre 3000 about to get up in there because he's got to go to the shareholders meeting and what's the fastest way hopping in the president's car and taking it to naturally the tower theater in upper derby yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's it. That's, that's episode it. That's two.
1: Oh, and they always do a really interesting thing when they switch perspectives. Like the uh, they do like this weird like handheld camera thing with like yes. a weird like yeah 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 filter. Like shaky uh-huh. cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it's like, just like you go into like the back of their head, and then it's like the story from the early two
0: thousands like looking music video. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, that's. Pretty, pretty, a lot better of an episode.
0: Yeah, than yeah.
1: the first just one. Just sounds a better character. Yeah. than Peter. <laughs> uh
0: uh-huh, Uh uh-huh.
1: More interesting. I don't know what they're gonna do with Janice because Janice also seems pretty boring so far.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not compelled by her character yet. Uh, I mean, we've only seen her in three scenes tops. Mm-hmm. But who knows? She could she could be cool. I mean, she's the oldest one. She's the oldest of the bunch. You know mm-hmm. her well. -hmm. Um, she's Sally Fields from the you know Smoking the Bandage. Maybe (laughs) maybe she's, maybe she's cool. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe Burt Reynolds. Maybe Burt Reynolds is a character in the in this show. I don't know. Isn't he dead? Oh God, Uh, Burt Reynolds. gonna cut that. (laughs) Isn't he dead? I don't don't know. know. I don't know. know. Yes, I think he just didn't. Oh, Burt. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) Smoking the Bandit. uh, Smoking the Bandit. Fact check me. Burt. Let's see. This is a Burt Reynolds Memorial podcast now?
2: Yep. Yay! Yep, September 6th, 2018. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, well. Rest in peace, Burt.
0: Who knows? Now, now that technology has gone to the point where we can CG any, any actor into any scene. We can see his mustache anywhere now. It's all over the place. Or they'll just get, like, Norm McDonald to do <laughs> Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so good. So, where do you see this show going, boys? Oh,
1: I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do after, like, they introduce each character. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It it is pretty open. I mean, are they going to find
2: Clara? No. Not at all. She's not real. She's not real. That's what I think. Do you think she's, you think she's just made up? Or do you think that she just is a voice. Like what do you what do you mean by that? Uh, well,
0: uh, I think she's I think she's a concept. I think she's like elsewhere divine nonchalance. She's just uh she's just a concept. well I mean, didn't you say in the real the real life thing it was a real woman that went missing? Yes. From what I from in San Francisco remember, yeah.
2: From what I remember there was a like an actual girl named Clara who went missing. And that's that's all I remember. Like, I honestly... Like, I'm, I am i don't want to grasp too hard at what I remember from the documentary, but at least I remember, so, like, them talking about a girl named Clara who went missing, and people kind of, like, idolized her and turned her into this figure for the outsource Society. Mm. It's almost like she's, like, the staple of the society. So I don't know where the show's going to take that as far as, like, if they're going to actually find her, because find her. I don't even know if she's been found today. Like, I don't
0: even know if she's real now. Like I don't know. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know if she's real now. <laughs> I don't well, She could be anything. You think they're going to find her, Andrew? I think she's real. Yeah? Yeah. She's a fish. They've she's already fish. found her. They had her the whole time. <laughs> well, no, I
1: mean like I mean Salazar could have definitely Mr. Salazar definitely could have been like an actor.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I'm with Peter. What if it's real? Sure. Yeah. I, if if Oh God! So if you have to, if you have to attach yourself to one of the four main characters' uh, mindsets, okay, you're you're saying it's real. I think it's real. Okay, Angelo. What was um, Janice's idea? It was just a hoax. Which is kind of similar to a conspiracy, but... Well, she said it was... It's definitely not Janice's idea, because she thought the whole, like, introduction that got them into a group together was, like, just a fun thing to get to know each other. And then, like, that was it. Yeah. But now she's like, God, I have... To, she has to change her mindset. And maybe we'll see that in the, in the third episode. Right now,
2: I'm in the mindset that it's real. However... I want to and I hope and I, and I think that that's where it's going to go but at the end of the show I want to be in the mindset of all four of them. Like I want yeah, I I want to take it that it's a hoax. I want to think that it's a conspiracy or a government like thing. I want to mm-hmm. think that it's just for fun. Like I, I But I but right now I'm in like because they've been di- diving so deep into both sides of it like like octavio and in the, in the, the institute and then like the ultra like i mm-hmm. like i'm believing it's real because the games and the scavenger hunt and like all the things that they yeah. do are tangible like they are uh-huh. real things uh-huh. so like that's where my head's at but i want to think that like this is all just just for shits and gigs like it's just for fun yeah it's just a. I don't know
1: i don't know if we're ever gonna find out
0: no, it's 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 gonna be up to interpretation. Just like everything is up to interpretation. Yeah, no. I don't
1: think I don't know how you're gonna write this being like, because like the magic is in like not knowing if it's real or not.
0: I, I guess so. That's yeah. like the
1: that's like the pull of the show for me is just like, is it real? Is it not? No, right. That's what they're going for. If so you knew
0: it was the government. Doing some weird bullshit. That'd
2: be dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but That'd that's be what I want, stupid. baby, Andre.
2: Now, now, do you? This is like early predictions, but do you see this show being one season?
0: You think it, it could yeah. be an anthology?
2: Well, possibly. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I I wanna see how this plays out, and I wanna see how it it ends if they. Take down the institute. They find Clara. They
0: take it down.
2: Like I don't. I don't know. Like I honestly, my theories right now are kind of unknown. Just because there's really like until I think I'd have more theories once I met all four characters more in depth. Yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty much. But like as far as another season,
0: hey, I I I have the of the mindset that they could do another season in a different city, different people, different weird wacky things. Different I mean, people true. with different, I don't know, backgrounds and not, but not yeah, or like character flaws that yeah. are accentuated through this activity. I don't know, but if it was one season, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. A, yeah. yeah, I'm
2: expecting it to be only one season. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. fair. Yeah, because I mean, it's it, the story is is being told as as it was. I mean, the, like the documentary, it was. It was, it, it was what it was like. They, it they yeah, they told mm-hmm. the story, and it kind of from what I remember, it ended with like the mystery. Like there was some mystery that was never answered, and and I mean that's kind of how, I guess the entire premise of the institute and like the, the Elsewhere Society yeah. is. It's like it's all a mystery, and I think it kind of stays that way throughout. So if it ended, in that mysterious way, and like still like leaving you with. Questions and right, like that would be that would make sense. And it, I feel
0: like they would leave it kind of open ended. But one thing to know for sure the title is dispatches from elsewhere, so elsewhere is in the title. It's not no, no mention of Jejune, no mention of Institute. Elsewhere seems to be like it's going to be the forefront. Whether Fredwin and Janice ultimately decide to hop over to the Their elsewhere size, society. Yeah. But again, like we said, Elsewhere Society is a propagation of the Jejun Institute. They are one and the same. They are the Slugworth to the Willy Wonka. They're, you know, two halves of the same... Si- or two sides of the same coin. Uh, I, Wait, that's And that leads me to
1: believe that it's a, more of a game. If, like, yeah. they are together, like yeah. it, it would definitely, definitely be more of a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... But i like to think that it's
0: real. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot's real. Ladies and gents. That's the hair. Professor Foot. Professor Foot. He's real. Professor IRL. Bigfoot. He's got a big hairy face and big hairy hair. He's a tall lanky dude. Tall lanky dude with, with fur. This show's weird. This show's very weird. I like it. Do you? I, I do. I, I do. I, I, do. I, I hope it starts to review better. It's not it's reviewing not too reviewing well. not reviewing well at all. I know. Bro, It's it's middling, but
1: well, it's the thing is like I I did read that like people are enjoying it more after the second episode. It seems to be consensus that like the second episode was good, but a lot of the reviews are just saying that it's just like insincere. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no like, there's no. It just feels like they're they
0: think they know better than you. I guess. Oh. It just feels like it's. I was wondering if it was reviewing bad because people just couldn't like. What the heck am I watching? Like if they like were struggling to wrap their head I mean, around like, it. I mean, like
2: I too. I mean, like I genuinely gravitate toward like experimental, like abstract little stuff. So brains. like I like I thought little peanut brain. I mean, like just the opening, like that pretty much gripped me. Like that was like the, the, for the first episode. I like, love
0: the I love that just, time where
2: that man didn't say anything for twenty five seconds but, and just yeah. looked at me through
0: the screen. But yeah, just like the yeah. way that yeah.
2: I mean, that's not. Comment and like it was very interesting and I I I feel feel like that I got a movie for you. Oh yeah, I (laughs) I mean there's plenty of stuff out there that that is. is... What
1: movie, Andrew? It's called Jean uh It's about this French woman and it's just like a day in her life and it's literally the whole time the camera's just staring at her as she's like making dinner or like going shopping the whole time. The whole time it's a three-hour movie. (laughs) A bunch of three hours. Yeah. 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 But the end of the movie is like really really cool. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Basically, she just, like, does this pretty big act of rebellion, and then the last ten minutes of the movie is just, like, her, like, dealing with okay. what she's done. Give it a watch, Damn. if you've got the
2: time. Gene Dillman, everybody. Gene, Gene Dillman. Gene Dillman. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I I want to, fi- I mean, obviously, I want to finish it, and we
0: will, because we we're going to take this on as a, as a show, so. Yes. Yes. Anyway, do you do you have any any closing remarks? Any any overarching thought on the first two episodes? Uh, oh my God, I'm distracted by that laser
1: pointer. Angel's got a laser pointer. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew's a cat. I am a cat. No, I I want to save it until at least after the next two episodes yeah, to really like give it yeah. a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. Because I feel like once we've got our four main characters well rounded. We'll have a better grasp of what's what's happening. What what's at stake? Yeah, yeah. As of now, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm, I'll watch it. Not too good. Not too bad. Exactly. Yeah. All I want is a little bit, a little taste of that divine nonchalance. I, if if I can gleam any of these concepts and like try to apply them to. To real life. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm willing, I'm going in, in with a mindset that I'm willing to learn. I, I believe, and Jason Siegel says this in his, in his interview with, with Colbert, um, that like, it's sort of about opening yourself up and watching this, having an open mind. And magic as an act of defiance. Magic as an act of defiance. That's the thing that Jason Siegel says. That's cool. But I I just... Yeah, I want to be in a zone where I watch this and I think something that I didn't think before. So I'm hoping that it can just expand the mind. Um, It did an okay job in the first two episodes, I will admit. Um, But again, there is a lot more to see. We've got more characters that I need to know more about um, that I haven't seen enough of. So much like Andrew, yes, I will refrain from making my final judgment or my ultimate feeling about the show um, until after we've watched a little bit more but this has been fun I uh
1: um, is Jason Segal somebody who you trust to explain to us what the fuck divine nonchalance is
0: <laughs> I trust him zero percent <laughs> <laughs> i i I don't trust this man but if he can compel me with his bland, sad sack character, then maybe I can trust him. Wait, you don't trust Peter? To I don't trust Jason Peter. Siegel. Why? I don't know.
1: I just... It doesn't feel like... a thing
0: that he's trying to, like... P- like, profess onto us. It's like <laughs> something he read in a book somewhere that he's, like, trying to trying to explain... A book that he read, like, five years ago. Yeah. And he's like, remember that time I read that book? What if I made a TV show about it and talked about the main concept of the book but didn't go back and read the book <laughs> to tell people what it actually is? It's like, I don't remember what it was. This is, like, kind of what it was. Right, right. I'm going to do my best. I'll, I'll read the Spark Notes, but I'm not going to waste my time rereading the book. I... Yeah. Wait, so, so
2: you, you don't like Jason Siegel? No!
0: No, yeah, that's not that. It's not even that. It's just, like... It's just like so far, it just doesn't seem like he. I wasn't compelled by his interview. That's what I'll say. Okay. Neither was
1: I. It it felt very weird. Like it was he was very like...
0: weird. It felt like he was playing a game.
1: It felt like he like joined a cult and he's like trying to get all of us to join.
0: <laughs> and is that what it is? <laughs> Maybe? Is that what it is? Is it Maybe? all a cult? That's what the real world in San Francisco they believed it was. All I'll say is that... the Goop Lab. Is he trying to make us join Goop... Goop Lab? Gwyneth. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the politician.
1: She is in the politician. Mhm. Did you did you uh, watch any more of that
0: show? No. It's good. Episode forty-two of Pilot's Guide, the politician. Uh, yeah. So I oh, don't know, forty-one, whatever. Um. Now you like Jason Siegel though, Angelo. I know, I know you do. You can say it. You can admit it. I mean, I. You can admit I didn't cold. watch
2: How I Met Your Mother. I didn't. I watched five seasons of How I Met Your Mother. I. I mean, I didn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I haven't really watched literally. too much stuff.
2: I mean, so far, like this is main. This is probably the main thing I've watched him in. Like, I
0: forgetting Sarah Marshall. Come on, I haven't seen it. The Muppets movie. The I mu- haven't seen it. <laughs> he definitely hasn't seen that one, folks. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, had a good time, boys. Yeah. Thanks for. Yeah, this for has been fun. Recording. I can't wait to continue doing this. This
1: is yes, yes, yes. We we don't know exact.
2: We don't exactly know when we'll we'll be back probably we're probably going to do every two episodes so in in two weeks time we'll probably return with with a new episode until then recap of the two
0: right until then watch the first two if you haven't already and let us know what you think you can send uh an email that would be this would be great if if you have any thoughts about anything at all um what you believe divine nonchalance is what you think elsewhere is Uh, How you feel about Peter, how you feel about Simone or Fred Wynn or Janice, you can send an email to pilotsguidepod at gmail.com. I will happily receive that and share with my compatriots here uh, the thoughts on the pod. That would be, yeah, whatever, whatever any ideas that you got. Um, If you want to connect with the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at PilotsGuidePod. Uh, There's a link to my at in the bio, as well as co-host for Pilot's Guide, Sean, if you've never listened to Pilot's Guide. If this is your first time joining us, Pilot's Guide is a show where we just watch pilot episodes of uh, streaming service original TV shows and talk about them. There's a backlog of a ton of things, which you'll be finding in this RSS feed uh, that you're presumably in if you're listening to this right now. Anyway, boys... Dispatches from Elsewhere
2: is on AMC yes. at 10 p.m. on Monday nights. Correct. If you're wondering, um, sometimes it's like an odd time, like 10.08 or 10.15, mainly uh-huh. because of The Walking Dead, I think is Stupid. In the time, lock, time <laughs> slot right before it. But stay tuned, and uh, the episodes will uh, will keep you keep you encapsulated, hopefully. So. Anything to plug? I got nothing.
0: You got nothing? Cool. Angel. Nothing other than the pilot's guide. Keep... Uh, Keep, keep on keeping on. And as we do every time, as we say every time at Pilot's Guide, please feel free two. to, well, about the cat Woo! We did it! It's been uh, the first episode of Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks for more weird, bizarre Jasons.